So we've been talking, I wanna just real quick remind you about the last couple weeks, if you haven't been here or if you have. Um, the last couple weeks, we've been talking about what the harbor is. <laughs> and I told you that we are going to kind of set the house rules for this place and not rules that you necessarily, like we want you to follow, but we want you to kind of, it's rules of thumbs that, we, here's rules of thumb that we want you to expect out of this place. And so we talked about this being a place of rest where you can come and you can let down your, your the identity of <clears throat> that, that you've been trying to um, tell everybody that you are the, the, the false person, the, the one that you show on the outside that you, you, you don't want people to know who you really are on the inside. And so you put this outside persona up about who you are. And we want this to be a place where you can rest from that where you can hang that up at the door and you can come in and you can say, hey, here's who I am, the God-made person that God has built, the person who God has equipped, here are my strengths and my weaknesses, here's who I am. Shh, eyes right here. And know that when you come here, that people will welcome you for being, for that person, they wanna know that person, that we, we wanna embrace that person person that you really are, not the person that you, you try to make everyone believe you are. The second thing we talked about last week was a place of refocus, that this would be a place where you would find a new focus, where, where we would get before Jesus and he would say, hey, here's the direction I have for your life. Here's the place I, I want to push you. Here's where, where I want you to go. Here's what I've set for you. Here's the good things that I have in store for you. And so tonight we want to talk about risk. I want to talk about this, the word risk. For me, <laughs> when I think about the word risk, I, I come to this story, not this story really, I come to this event in my life when I was, and it was traumatic enough that I still believe, that I still remember it, that when I was in like the fourth grade, <clears throat> me and my brother were playing at like Chuck E. Cheese. But it's not like regular Chuck E. Cheese. I feel like it's like Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. Not that there's like an even bigger rat, but that it's like bigger playground. And, and, this, and the, you know, you, you got like the tunnels that you can like go play in as a kid. And some of you are still short enough that like you still get to come in and like play in the tunnels because they don't really know how old you are. But you're like, look, I meet the height requirements so you still get to enjoy it. Um, but in the fourth grade, me and my brother, we're up in these tunnels, right? And we're crawling around and we're having like so much fun and it's like this greatest thing. Now here's what you need to know about my brother is he looked like a straight up dork. Like absolutely um, big old, and now glasses are cool, but then glasses weren't cool. And he had the big old fat glasses on and his head was like three times too big for his body. <laughs> and he was this like skinny kid and, and he was like, you know, I, I don't know how he stood up, like his head didn't just knock him over. And, and so he's a dork. And so we're crawling through the tunnels and man, we are just innocent having this good old time. And we come to one of those spots in the tunnels where it kind of like opens up. And we come to the spot and two kids come through the other tunnel. And so we try to go around them and they kind of like get in our way and they don't say anything. We try to go the other way and they kind of get in our way and we stop and pause. And it felt like an eternity. And I'm sitting there like, what's happening? And it's like not making sense in my head. And I'm like, what is going on? And my brother just says two words. <laughs> you think we were on like a Wild West movie. He was like, Caleb run and I was like yeah and so then I like just turned around and I ran down the tubes I'm like yeah like screaming the whole way and I come sliding out of the tubes I'm like, yeah, yeah. like thinking like my brother just died what 
what happened? And, and my dad comes, he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I left Josh in the tunnels, you know? And, and so then Josh, about, it felt like an hour later, but it was probably like two minutes later, Josh comes crawling out of the tunnels and he's crying, right? He's like, I'm like, like what happened to you? And I'm like, so glad he's alive. I'm like hugging him. And he's like, get off of me. And... And I'm like, what happened? He's like, he punched me in the face. <laughs> and, and like, so then we wait for legit like 30 minutes for this kid to come out of the tunnels. He won't come out. He's like barricaded himself in there. Like, I'm not coming out. He comes out and his mom's like, why did you punch him in the face? And he's like, I don't know. I wanted to break his glasses. <laughs> what? <laughs> But I looked at that situation and I thought about risk and I was like, man, there's no way. Like in that moment, I was like, I'm not risking myself. Like, forget it, I'm out. Like, I don't trust my own ability. Like, I'm gone. And so I ask you, what does it take for you to take a risk? What do you need to know? <laughs> to, what do you need to be assured of before you go and take a risk? See, I could have stayed and I could have said, no, like I'm fighting this out or I'm going to try to handle this with words like our parents teach us. Like, right? Like, but I didn't. What does it take for you to take a risk similar to that? I even think about uh, if you went to the, the middle school retreat, that there are some of you that wouldn't climb the rock wall, and I totally understand that, and the reason you wouldn't climb is because it was too high. Some of you had a venture park that went with us. Like, you wouldn't climb certain things. Why? Because it was too high, and the fear, of course, is that I'm going to climb up there, and I'm going to fall, and I'm going to die. <laughs> And then you look back and you're like, well, that's kind of irrational, but it's the true fear. And so I, I want you to think about it. What would, you, what would it take for you to take that risk? What would it take for you to climb something way too high for your, your comfort level? Would it take you having like a chain strapped to you? Would it take you seeing the rope made before you climbed? Would it take having like a platform that raised underneath you as you climbed higher and higher? Like what would it take for you to take a risk? <laughs> What would it take for you to take a risk if other people's lives depended on it? That your decisions would affect other people's lives. <clears throat> what would it take for you to take a risk if, if what you did affected an entire country? I think about some of the school shootings that have happened. That the very first school shooting, the very, like, not the very first one, but the one that was, like, most publicized, the Columbine High School, when I was in middle school, it came on the news, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? And, and one girl there, and there's this testimony about it, someone else heard the conversation, and the guy comes up to her and says, are you a Christian? If she would have said no, her life would have been spared. If she says yes, her life is ended. I want you to put yourself in that place. Would you take that risk? Would you take that risk? The risk that, that is believing in the promises that God says, hey, my life after this one's actually better. Hey, I actually hold your life in my hands in a place that no one else can touch. I've hidden it away, as scripture says. And no matter what's in that dude's gun, it can't affect the life that you have in me. Would you take that risk? What assurance do you have and what assurance do you need to take that risk? See, it all boils down, and here's what it comes down to when it comes to following God and his calling on your life. What it comes down to is do you trust the promises of Jesus? Do you trust the promises that come in this word? If you trust the promises that come in this word, then every time you'll take the risk. 
but I'm right there in the boat with you that often I begin to doubt God's promises. Often I begin to say, no, I don't know if I can take that risk. And then you begin to think, well, what if other people's lives depended on it? What if, what if a country's life's depended on it? There's this guy, Hezekiah, he was a king of Judah. He was the king of Judah, and this is the exact situation that he was in. <clears throat> See, the Assyrians were coming in to take over his country, and they have already invaded Judah, and they were a, an army that was huge, and they had thousands and hundreds of thousands of warriors that were coming in to destroy everything. And they come in, and, and he hears about them coming through Judah, and he's in Jerusalem, and it's like the stronghold of this country. It's like if they take Jerusalem, they take the whole country, but if they can't have Jerusalem, then they can defend the entire country and so it's a stronghold and he's in Jerusalem and so he hears that the Assyrians are coming to destroy everything <clears throat> to invade it and take it as their own <clears throat> and so when he hears about it he begins to, to build walls and he begins to, to equip his army and so when the Assyrians hear that okay this guy is starting to kind of prepare for battle they say let's negotiate terms on your, of your surrender and so they come up within about 30 yards of the wall to negotiate. And they begin to talk to the, to the three people. Three people from the Assyrian army come up. Three people from um, Jerusalem come out. And they begin to talk about um, the, the terms. And the Assyrians very strategically begin to speak in a, in a language that Jerusalem can understand. And they start to say things like, hey, I want you to remember that every other town we just destroyed had a God they said protected it. And we just destroyed it. Hey, I want you to remember what we do to our prisoners. That we will put a ring in your nose and we will lead you around like cattle. And it wasn't a joke, like that's what they do. He said, hey, I want you to remember this, that your king already dishonored God with his life. He's a guy that sinned just like all of us and his life with God had been up and down and up and down. And he says, is God really gonna honor this guy? And so they begin to just pour doubt into, the, into the, these people, but they were saying it loud enough that everyone on the wall that was kind of watching this could hear what they were saying. And so the thoughts begin to flood in your head is what if God's promises aren't really going to withstand the trial in front of me? What if God's promises aren't actually going to come true? See, the reason you take a risk is because you believe in God's promises. And the reason you don't take a risk is because you doubt God's promises. Many, many cases are that way. And so they're there and they're causing them. They're saying, man, your leadership is faulty. Our history is proven. You can't withstand us. We beat armies much bigger than yours. <coughs> and this was the king's response. And this is amazing. And I, and I hope we can take from it. He says he appointed military officers over the people and gathered them to and gathered them to him in the square at the city gate and spoke encouragingly to them, saying, Here's what I want you to know. He didn't just say, Okay, God, like you just do whatever. I'm gonna hang out here and be quiet. He said, Okay, I'm gonna appoint military officers and I'm gonna set up things and I'm gonna do my part. God's equipped me to do my part, and so I'm gonna do my part. It's like climbing a rock wall. God says, hey, I've given you arms and legs. God, you go ahead and climb the rock wall. Now let me do my part. So your part's to climb and my part is to what? To protect you. 
And so that's where they're at. He did his part, and then he began to say this to them. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not fear being dismayed because of the king of Assyria, nor because of all the horde that is with him. For the one with us is greater than the one with him. For with him is only an arm of flesh. And you got to know the army, like his people are saying, like only an arm of flesh. There's like over 200,000 men over there. That's more than just one arm of flesh. That's 200,000 sets of arms of flesh. That's 400,000 arms of flesh. But he said, nevertheless, it's still just flesh. It's temporary. He says, with them is an arm of flesh. (laughs) But with us, the Lord our God helps us and fights our battles. And it says, and the people relied on the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. See, Hezekiah decided in that moment where the whole, his whole country's lives depended on it. His life depended on it. People all around him, their lives depended on his decision. (laughs) Would he risk it? Or would he negotiate peace and say, hey, look, we'll pay you tribute. Like he had opportunity to say, look, we'll give you um, money each month. Like we'll pay you stuff. Like we'll be your people. He had opportunity to save everyone by just submitting. But he didn't. He risked it. Why did he risk it? Because he believed in God's promises. He said, I I believe that God is for us and not against us. I believe that if God is with us, then nothing can stand against us. I believe that God is the God of promises who keeps them and never changes and never sways. And so he said, man, they have arms of flesh, but our God who created their arms of flesh is with us. And so he risked everything because he believed in the promises of God. Do you believe in the promises of God? Are you willing to risk everything is my question for you tonight. See, here's what happened to the, to the whole Assyrian army. <laughs> the whole Assyrian army. The whole Assyrian army. They went back to their, their spot and overnight 180,000 men were killed. How were they killed? They killed themselves. Judah didn't fight a single, they didn't swing a single sword. That the whole army was sent into confusion. They killed themselves. They were so um, like they were so embarrassed about their, their failure that they went back home. <coughs> when they went back home, the king of Assyria went into his house and his son killed him. His own son killed him. That they didn't have to fight a single battle. They didn't have to, to shoot a single arrow. Then no one shed a single drop of blood. That he said, I believe that our God is for us, that they have nothing but, but arms of flesh, and that our God is, is the God who made them. And if our God's for us, then what can stand against us? That's Romans 8. And God took care of the whole thing. But they didn't fight a single battle. Why? Because they believed in God's promises, and God keeps his promises. And so they took a risk. Paul was like going through some stuff. He was in prison and he was writing some things. This is what he wrote in the New Testament. And it's something I hope like you can carry with you this week. It's Philippians 4, 12 and 13. He says, I know how to get along with humble means and I also know how to, how to live in prosperity. He says, man, I, I know what it means to be really poor and I know what it means to be really rich. He says, in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry both of having abundance and suffering need. He said, I've learned the secret of how to get along in a way that pleases the Lord and, and being rich and having nothing and, and, and being hungry and being full, like having everything I need and having nothing that I need. He says this, he says, that I can do all things 
through him who strengthens me. He says the secret is this, is that you rely on Christ for your strength at all times. Whether in good or bad, he says, man, you depend on him. That's the secret. That no matter what's going on in your life, I want you to know that's the promise of Jesus, that you can do all things through him who gives you strength. That if you are actively being refocused, like we talked about last week and saying, God, I want to follow you and I want you to direct my path and know this, he will give you the strength for whatever path he puts in front of you. That you can take the risk. That you can step out and say, God, like I can't carry myself up anymore. You got to carry this next step and this next step and this next step. That you've got to hold me. That when I climb the rock wall you set in front of me, not the physical rock wall necessarily, but the spiritual rock wall, God, I'm, I'm, I'm counting on you to strengthen the rope. And that I won't fall. <clears throat> See, here's what, here's what I mean when I say... That, every, that, that your decisions affect a whole world. Twelve disciples decided, you know what? I'm going to take the risk for Jesus. That I'm going to carry the gospel. I'm going to trust in his promise and the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ch- take the risk. And the whole world was changed. And, and that kid ate a banana. <laughs> he said the whole world, I want you to hear this. The whole world was changed. The reason you have this Bible, the reason there's scripture, the reason you know about Jesus is because 12 people said, I will take the risk. When I say, and I don't mean just for instance, when I say that your decision, whether you will take a risk for Jesus, the whole country depends on it, I mean it. That you have no idea if you tell the next person about Jesus and they come to know Jesus and they tell two people and they tell two people that an entire, world, an entire country could be changed because of your decision to say, I want to take a risk for Jesus. I want to get out of my comfort zone. I don't care about if I lose friends. I know Jesus will bring the right ones around me. I don't care if I lose status or popularity. I don't care if people judge me or think little of me. That's not where my value lies. I'll take the risk for you, Jesus. Where do you want me to go? And a whole country could be changed. That you have no idea the impact of your faithful decisions to Jesus. He says, man, I want to give you life and life abundantly. We talked about last week. And that's what life abundantly looks like. Saying, man, I'm not, I no longer am held by the boundaries of, of what the world says is, um, is possible. That my, my life is held by Jesus. And that I can risk it for him. And so I encourage you, that's what we want this place to be, is a place where you say, man, okay, I remember what Jesus' promises are this week, and I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to go from here, and I'm going to risk it. I'm not going to worry about myself because Jesus is holding me. I'm going to take a risk. The second is we want this to be a place of risk where you can come in and say, hey, like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone because I understand Jesus says, hey, I need community and I need relationships. And so I'm going to go talk to somebody new. I'm going to go get to know somebody new. I'm going to play a new game. I'm going to do something I'm uncomfortable with. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to come to this place. I'm just going to take a risk and I'm just going to dive in at first and say, Jesus, man, you have all of me, whatever you want with me, wherever you want to use me in this church, I want to be a part of that and I want to take a risk. That's the second thing. We want this to be a place where you can come and take a risk. They're like a harbor. They come into the, the harbor to find rest and to find refocus, but then they get sent back out every, every time. They get sent back out every week. We want to send you back out, ready to take a risk for Jesus, ready to risk it all, trusting in his promises. 
Trusting in who he is and what he's called you to be and to do. To love God and to love others. And so I encourage you this week to remember that, that through Christ, we can do all things through him, for he gives us strength. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for these students. And I ask that you would be with us um, this week. God, that when fear would arise, when, um, when discomfort would arise, Lord, that God, we would remember you. We remember who you are and Lord, who you've called us to be. God, we remember the promises we have in you that, Lord, in fact, our strength comes from you and not our own abilities, not our own accomplishments. Jesus, we love you and we're thankful for you. Lord, as we sing the song of worship to you, may that be on our mind, not, not the fear, not the discomfort, but Lord, the way, um, the promises that you've had for us that, that anyone who believes in Jesus shall not perish, but should have an everlasting life that you will never leave us nor forsake us. That that you are our strength. May we lean on that. May we trust that. Pray this in Jesus' name.